So what I want to talk to you and share with you today as we lead up to Heart for the House is the possibility of becoming a partner in the vision. We have partners in the vision midweek, and so good. People come along and curious and open and wanting to be a part of adding value and getting involved. And so what we thought today is we turn it around and actually bring partners in the vision to everyone. So I'm going to read to you today from Ephesians chapter 2, and it says this, Christ brought us together through his death on the cross. The cross got us to embrace, and that was the end of the hostility. Christ came and preached peace to the outsiders and peace to us insiders. He is Paul talking to, obviously, people who were not raised as Jews. And back then, when, the, when these letters were being written, it was predominantly a Jewish, because Jesus was a Jew. He reached the Jews. He came to the Jews. He came to his own. His own didn't recognize him. And out of a small group of people, he began the church, who were Jewish people. And as they started to reach out, they started to reach out beyond their own community, their own circle. And they started to reach out. Those were in different nations, different regions. And the church expanded and expanded and expanded. And then also all the diversity of the people in the world at that time started coming to the house of God. And so this is what Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus that I think was located in modern day Turkey. And this is what he's saying. He's saying, hey, remember, Christ brought us together through the death on the cross. The cross got us to embrace and end the hostility. The hostility wasn't just between each other. It was between us and God. So there's no hostility between those that are in Christ and those with their heavenly Father. And this is what he's saying. He's saying Christ came, preached peace to the outsiders and peace to the insiders. He treated us as equals. So there is no distinction between those who are Jewish and those who are non-Jews. Because he put the Jews in Christ and he put the non-Jews in Christ. And now we're defined as in Christ. And in fact, it goes even better in other parts of the Bible. I think in Corinthians, he says, in Christ, there is no Greek or Jew, slave or free, male and female. In Christ, we don't have to get caught up with all the things that the world gets caught up in. And I want you to understand there's something about this that is powerful. It's radical. It's revolutionary. And it was first century revolution. And it's still 21st century revolution. So even though some of us don't like that word, it's still a word that is literally counterculture. It confronts the everyday culture of today and back then. So he says this, he treats us as equals and so made us equals. Through him, we both share the same spirit and have equal access to the Father. Equal access to the Father. Equal access to the Father. Isn't that beautiful that you and I literally have the same access to our Heavenly Father as Jesus Himself. That's what Christmas is all about. The birth of a child, Emmanuel, His name will be God with us. It's literally a declaration that we will have God with us. In other words, the, 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 we will never be absent from, from God. We've got access 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, you will, because of Christ removing that barrier, that obstacle, we have access to the very creator of all things. And I don't know if that can get to you, but that is what this is all about. Is That's what Christmas is all about, is, is because of Jesus, a child was given to you so that now you can remind yourself that we have access to our Heavenly Father 
forever and ever. And so he goes on, he says, that's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering in exiles. The kingdom of faith is now your home country. The kingdom of faith is now your home country. So it's not about what nation you're from. It doesn't matter about, well, I'm loyal to the soil. Really? But I want you to know that it says here that we are of the kingdom of faith and that is our home country. You're no longer, we are no longer strangers or outsiders to the things of God. You belong here with as much right to the name of Christian as anyone. Listen to this. God is building a home. He's using us all. Irrespective of how we got here in what he is building. He used the apostles, the prophets and the, as the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in stone by stone. I love that it says stone by stone because what you have to understand is God never wanted his people to build with bricks, only stones. The first time we ever have a record of them building with bricks was the Tower of Babel. And that work of man got brought to naught because confusion came in the languages. They had a common tongue, a common objective, a common purpose, a common vision, and they were unstoppable. And so through that situation, basically, they became confused in their languages. They could not understand each other, which meant they were not able to bring anything to this project. And the project was actually diminished. Stone by stone. So the first time man tries to build anything, they create bricks. And every brick is exactly the same. And when you take God out of the story, it becomes products. So you put God in the story, it becomes about people. You take God out of the story, it becomes about products. In other words, people are no longer the prize. People are a means to an end. You'll see this through history. Any nation, any tyrant, anything that you've ever seen through the history of humanity, when they're away from God, it's not about people's well-being. People are a means to an end. If we have to build that road, who cares how many die? If we have to build them buildings, who cares how many die? It's amazing how when humanity is away from God, people absolutely lose their value quicker than anything. Berlin needs to have a chance again, not the religious side of Christianity, far from it. It needs to see the people of faith once again bringing something to the table. Because when God's in the story, people become not a means to an end, but it becomes about people's well-being. And I want you to know when God's removed, it's a product. When God's included, it's about a person. And I think these are so basic, but God didn't want to build with bricks. He wanted to build with stones. Why stones? Because not one stone is exactly the same. Look at our church right now. People from all walks of life, different cultures, different languages, though it's predominantly German because we're in Berlin and we're in, a, in the German, Deutschland. But the point I'm making is, is you're here, I'm here. I know who's here and who's not here. And, and it's by far German, young German people wanting to build their future. So what I'm trying to say is, 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 but we have cultural differences. We have language differences. We have economic differences. But the point is, is when God's involved, your uniqueness becomes more celebrated, not less celebrated. If everyone starts to become the same, 
Everyone looks the same, acts the same, talks the same. I think there's something concerning about that. And that's what he's trying to say is God is building a home. He's using all of us, irrespective of how we got here, whether it's Colombia, whether it's China, whether it's Indonesia, whether it's Africa, Kenya, Nigeria, Nairobi, whatever it is, the cities or the nations, whether it's even New Zealand. We'll accept everyone, even Brazilians and the Swedes. Now there's some grace in the house. But he's taken all of us and he's building a home. He said this, listen, have a look on the screen again. It says, with Christ as the cornerstone that holds it all together, all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, built by God, all of us built into it. Will you let God build you into his house? Will you let the heavenly father build you into his house? Or are you going to resist him? It's a great question to ask. Are you going to let your heavenly father build you in as a stone, a unique stone to this incredible thing called the house of God? See, that's the challenge for the 21st century, self-consumed, self-centered, me, myself, and I. Do we need to remind each other that we need to go to the house of God? Really, do we need to remind it? That we need to be at the house of God? If we've been reminded to go to the house of God, it's because we've forgotten. And if we've forgotten, is it possible that we maybe just become distracted? You see, what I'm trying to say is, is let's not be reminded about the basics, about obviously water baptism and communion and salvation and tithing and the basics of our faith. Let's move on to deeper things and greater things. And if that can be the reference to it, it's like, what else is there beyond this? I want you to understand that this is what he's saying to the church. And I believe it's still pertinent to the church in the 21st century. Ephesians chapter 4. I want you to get out there and walk. No, better than walking, start running. On the road, God has called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. And do this with humility and discipline. So this is Paul talking to the church at Ephesus, talking to you and I through the letter to the New Testament church, not in fits and starts, but steadily pouring out yourselves out for each other in acts of love, alert at noticing differences and quick at mending fences. Being a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. You were all called to travel on the same road in the same direction, so stay together both outwardly and inwardly. You have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all. Now, if he's having to say this to the Ephesian church, how much more would he have to say this to the 21st century church? If the church at Ephesus was filled with all sorts of people from every walk of life, he was reminding that we're all found in Christ. He was reminding no matter what you've come from, you're a stone built into the beautiful purposes of God. You are one of the stones that he's building into this incredible house called the house of God, the home of God. And if he's saying it to them in the first century, he is still saying this to you and me in the 21st century. So we need to tune in and realize we are unique stones built in to the very house God said he's building. Are we going to be a part of the solution or are we going to be a part of the problem? I don't believe God's calling us to be bricks, conform and be identical and exactly the same because this is what he goes on. He says, you're all called to travel on the same road in the same direction. So stay together both inwardly and outwardly. You have one master, one baptism, one God, father of all who rules over all, who works through all and is present in all. Isn't that a beautiful picture of the diversity 
that brings glory to God. You will never fully understand God through one person. The only person that would, ref would reflect the exact representation of God was Jesus himself. Jesus, literally, the way he spoke, the way he lived, that he literally was the mirror of heaven. Whatever he did, you could safely say, that's how the Father is. That's how the Father is. That's how the Father is. When he spoke, that's how the Father is. When he spoke, that's what the Father says. When he acted, that's how the Father acts. He was the mirror of heaven. You take Jesus out of it, we got nothing. But you and I, what is beautiful about our story is, is that he works through all, he works in all, and he is over all. So when we see someone from Africa, we're seeing another aspect of the glory of God. When we see someone from Sweden, we're seeing another aspect of the glory of God. Now, I don't know where we all come from at the end of the day. I think it all came out of Africa. But the point I'm making is, is there's a whole lot of things that you and I don't know. But what we do know is we are an incredibly diverse world and no one has everything and comes to God. So when you see another person, you say, wow. When you see another person, you say, wow. When you see another, we go, wow. And this is the beautiful thing about the verses here is that God is reminding us that he is more honored through diversity than anything else. All the nations, all the tribes. So let me keep reading. I'm trying to get somewhere here. So we have one master. He works for everything. And every one of you are to think and do and be permeated with oneness. In other words, we need to be united about the main things. This is what he says. But that doesn't mean you should all look and speak and act the same. That's your uniqueness. So uniqueness in unity. Uniqueness in unity. A lot of us think, well, if I become a Christian, I'm going to look like her. Who's her? If I become a Christian, I'm going to look like them. Who's them? Well, if I'm going to become a Christian, I've got to wear sandals. Who wears sandals? Oh, if I've got to become a Christian, you've got to have ripped jeans. Who wears ripped jeans? You know there's something wrong when we all look the same, all talk the same, all dress the same. There can be a sound of uniqueness. You know, all the stadiums and the football players and all the football teams and all the fans, and there can be a oneness, but oh my goodness, it's incredibly diverse. And that should be a great example for the church. And this is what he's saying to him. He said, listen, I know you've come from all walks of life. He said, but it's Christ who unites us. It's Christ who gives us all of this. And then he says, Christ gave out gifts, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. To do what? To prepare, to train Christ's followers in skilled servant work. Working within Christ's body, the church, until we're all moving rhythmically and easily with each other. Moving rhythmically and easy with each other. Are we really working easily with each other? Last verse, he was saying, quick at mending fences, quick, quick at seeing the differences. In a diverse culture like ours, we've got a chance to unite, not to divide. There's nothing wrong with a Colombian coming to church and meeting a Colombian, but you can't stay there because you won't, she won't change. But imagine a Colombian comes into town and they meet a Colombian, it's like, Vamos. Well, that's wonderful, but you've got to move from Bomas to Vigitstia. Hello. Well, the point I'm making is, is 
if we come from a culture and all we do is meet our own culture, there's nothing wrong with the starting place because it's reassuring. It's something familiar. It's something that's reassuring. It's something that connects. But we've got to realize is that we won't grow if we just stay within our own club. And so this, you step out and you start to meet people from other backgrounds. I am forever grateful coming to this country and meeting the different diverse people that I've met. There are tensions, there are twists and turns, but what I've found is, is that we can learn from each other. And this is what he's saying. He's saying here, when you're the church, you've got to learn to be rhythmically working with each other, efficiently, gracefully, in response to God's Son. So what causes us to love each other is his love for us. We only do three things at church. We do Sundays, we do community, and we do society. Sundays, it's pretty much in vision. Community is in large, and society is engaged. That's how we call it. So Sundays for us, I want you to understand, it's not about Pastor Mark's favorite teaching topic. It, it, it's basically about putting food on the table for God's people. So first day of a brand new week, Jesus-focused, people empowering. Our Sundays will always be Jesus-focused and people empowering. Can we give people something that will empower their lives? Yes. And did we stay focused on Jesus from our songs to prayers to everything? Yes. Amen. That's how we measure Sundays. The first day of a brand new week, I believe it's the way you see it. If you want to see it the first day of a brand new, what could we help you with today that will help you on Monday? I think for anyone in the room, whether you're literally representing your nation or you're literally studying or a professor or a teacher, lifting children, building business, employees, employer, I don't know. But what could happen on a Sunday for you so that you can give to other people? It's all about receiving from Jesus so that you can give to others. Amen. It's so simple. Through the music, through the worship, through all of these things. So that's really the essence of Sunday is no matter how big it gets, it's going to be Jesus-focused, and it's going to be basically empowering people. What's the toughest thing to do with my job? It says here, he gave pastors, preachers, uh, like pa uh, pastors, teachers, apostles, prophets, and, and he says to equip God's people. Well, the hardest thing on my job is changing mindsets. It's just hard work. Mindsets are hard. Okay, favorite part of the job? Got the best job in the world, empowering people. Empowering people, speaking to their potential. So unfortunately, it does have both sides. We're changing mindsets and we're empowering people. But we're doing it by focusing on Jesus. So if I can get you, again, to focus on Jesus, it's amazing how we start to work rhythmically with each other. And all the diversity of the cultures, wow. And I think every government on earth wants this. They just don't know how to get it. Or maybe they don't want it. But I tell you now, the church has got it, and it needs to be clear on what it is. It's because of Jesus. And so this is what we're doing. Community, a diverse group of people enjoying. Not suffering. How was your dinner party? Oh. How was sisterhood? No, enjoying. How was sports life? How was the dinner party? Oh, man. And I believe it's important, a diverse group of people who enjoy doing life together. We have vision, but it takes people. That's why I'm calling it Partners in the Vision today. So you've got a chance to be a part of it. Community, a diverse group of people. But notice anything smaller will enlarge you. We have enlarged learning. It's not the same size as Sunday. It's smaller. 
the main emphasis in large learning is you're going to make friends and you're going to learn some great stuff to build your life. And I honestly believe if we will just realize it, see it, commit to it, maybe we just can go to a whole new level.